Coming up on this episode of Up for Debate, we are wrapping up this decade. That's right, 10 years in review. Matt and I are going to do it the only way we know how, by talking about it. So join us as we recap the 2010s. This is Up for Debate, episode number 168, recorded December 19th, 2019, the end of a decade. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Up for Debate, the debate podcast where the two hosts agree on everything. I am Sean Jennings, joined by our own baby new year. It is Matt Mariani. Hello, Matt. What's up? What's up, Sean? What's up? What's up? Happy almost new year. or about almost a month away. It's getting there. It's going to be here before you know it. I heard we got a decade to recap Oh, my God. Can you? 2020. They said it couldn't be done. 2020. I wonder, you know, this is probably going to be a really good year for ophthalmologists out there. Like 2020 vision. Ophthalmologists. Matt, can you do me a favor and just explain how that thought in your mind worked? They're Okay. They're eye doctors, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Okay, so 2020, like 2020 vision. Okay. Okay, is like perfect vision. Right? Yeah. So it's going to be a good year for them because that's the joke. That's how it works. Uh, All right, I guess we'll just have to let that slide. 2020 vision. Okay. So uh, have have you ever been to an eye doctor? Yes, uh, I think that that would be a pretty swell job to have. Staring into people's eyes, you can really see into their souls. I've always thought that that's that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty good one. Like you know, you're it, you have you have a lot of like other doctors have to do a lot of like gross stuff. I'm sure eye doctors get their share of gross yeah. stuff too. Yeah, uh huh. Eyes are gross. But like I, I'm like a. On like a day to day basis, it's got to be pretty sweet. But also, I think if, I, if I could be any doctor, I think I'd be an ophthalmologist. Yeah, but it's like it's really high risk because if you screw up and you make somebody, you know, like if you're like uh, 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 an elbow surgeon and you screw up somebody's elbow, it's not like making them blind. Yeah, but Sean, the 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 only ophthalmologist I've ever been to have uh, have been in mall kiosks. Well, that's and- why. If they if they did anything to me, I would probably just blame myself because I probably shouldn't have gone to a mall kiosk ophthalmologist in the first place. You know? Do you know so. the the last time I went to an eye doctor and got an exam earlier this year, uh, they had some big device that gets like really close to your eyeball, right? To, for me to look through or to take a picture, I don't whatever it was. But the lady kept bumping my eyeball with it. Like she had to like bring it in and swap them out a bunch of times. And she yeah. would go, okay, close, 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 close. And she'd go, oh, did I hit you? And i go, yeah. And she did it like four or five times and it <laughs> like bounced off my actual eyeball. I, it was it was not great. Yikes. Yeah. Those machines, they, yeah, they get uh, they get up close with those those lenses. They're lenses, right? Yeah, they're like. Something like that. Test 
you know, do you see better out of one or out of four, four or three, three or two, two or three? Yeah, I don't think we know what we're talking about. So we should probably stick yeah. to what we do know. So 20, 2020 is coming up. We're That's at the right. end of a decade. We are wrapping up this decade. And uh, what a decade it was, right? I, I mean, Matt, you know what's really incredible is we've been friends for a decade. Yeah. As your cat <laughs> your cat wants to be Starts your friend licking right my now. face. Yes. What's its name again? Ginger Snap? Try again. Troy? No. What is its name? I, I should have uh, I should have asked Sam. you for, for name ideas because all these are great. No, yeah. it's not Sam. Uh think of the the Oh, I was gonna give you an NBA Theodore. uh uh tease, but you don't know the NBA. No, it's Charlie. Wait, where was the NBA because Who's I name I, in the NBA is Charlie. Well, I'm sure there have been a lot of Charlies, but Charlie I, was, I sometimes call him Sir Charles, who is the nickname of what NBA player? Got to be Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley. That's right. The oh, round wow. mound of rebound, as they used to call him. Um, yeah. And so, yes, that's I call the cat Sir Charles. Nice. I, I know a lot of NBA player nicknames. I don't know much about the NBA, but I know like, you know, Sir Charles, Pistol Pete. Oh, sure. Um, there's also Dikembe Mutombo. I think that's just his name. That's, that's his not a name. nickname. <laughs> that's his that's, name. That's just his name. Magic Johnson. That's pretty much his name. Uh, Dennis Rodman. Okay. You gotta, you gotta stop. <laughs> uh, Yao Ming. No, there's, there's that's other his name. What is wrong with you? You just <laughs> like name it. You're, you're like, and of course, who could forget Michael Jordan? All right, so I guess I guess I really just know Ju- Sir no. Charles Barkley and Pistol Pete. No, Julius Irving was Doctor J. Okay, uh, Alan, I've heard of Doctor J. Hakeem Olajuwon. That was that was his name. His nickname was the Dream. Didn't know that. Kobe Never. Bryant. Come on, now this is one of the more famous NBA nicknames. Just it was just Kobe. No, or the Black like Mamba. Kobe. What? Yeah, that was his nickname. It was Carl Malone, the mailman. No, I, no these no, are a lot of. Okay, I, I clearly don't know any NBA nicknames. Forget everything I just said. Okay, I really I, called uh, you. I really called you on this, huh? Yeah, yeah. I I knew I knew two of them, and that did not know they were Kenny be Smith, more. the Jet. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's again his name. Nah, I think he changed it. I think he was something else before that. Uh-huh. Vince Carter, Vinsanity. Yeah. Um later parodied as Lynn Sanity. Jeremy Lynn. Is that where Lynn Sanity came from? Yes, the New the New York Knicks, where he started yeah, four games I, I and remember. was really good. What happened to him? I liked him. He's playing in Asia, I think. Ah. At the moment. He's still playing. Yeah, he was good. He was really he was on the Knicks. Yeah, he was a he was a good player. He was too good for the Knicks. Yeah. How are the Knicks doing? Are they good? No. No, they not at joke? all. Not even close. They're absolutely they're abysmal even for the Knicks. Oh man. Wow. I see I don't keep up with basketball. We were establishing before the show started that I I of all the major sports I'm most out of the loop with basketball. I just don't watch it. I uh I don't have anything against it. I just don't have much of an interest in it. I never 
never really followed a team or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess I would root for the Knicks because they're the they're the hometown team. But are the Wizards good? No, nope. Washington, they're they're bad too. No, are you on uh, uh, teams that are good? Uh, are the, the Bulls good? No, terrible. Oh man, I'm really striking out. Uh, I, I could see myself being a Bulls fan because of Michael Jordan. Okay. Uh, Who's not on the team anymore? You know. Oh, I, I heard he's uh, he's on the he's on the Magic. The, okay. <laughs> he's on the uh, the Orlando Magic, right? Orlando. Does the Orlando Magic still exist? Yes, they do. They're not very okay. good. Now, 76ers you know, are very good. The 76ers, Philly. Yes, the Clippers are very good. Okay. The The Miami Heat's having a weirdly good season, even though they don't have any big name players. How about the Celtics? Celtics are your, doing your okay. Team. They're hanging in there. Team, right? Yep. The team you yep, pull for? They're in the mix. You got a Celtics jersey? No. You have who's the famous, the most famous Celtics player to ever live? Bobby Orr. <sighs> yeah, you got a Bobby Hon- Orr. Jersey? Honestly, I give you credit for just knowing who Bobby Orr is in general. <laughs> like, I get you're making a joke, but still, that's pretty good. You want to? You want to know where I learned who Bobby Orr was? Oh God, where? From Cheers. Hey, okay. There's no shame in that. Cheers. No Cheers taught that. me about Bobby Orr. They think yeah. Sam mentioned him once or twice, or something. I don't know. He was on the he he was I don't know if he was on the show but they they talk about him something like that. I I was trying to think who is the most famous Celtics player, and whether you want to give that to Larry Bird, Bill That's Russell, right, Larry Bird. Bob Cousy, Robert Parrish. I mean they've had uh, so the, many. The only one I've heard of is is Larry Bird, but that also might be because of the song. Which by the way, this is the second time I'm referencing this song today. I referenced it at work earlier. Are you talking about Summer Girls? Of course I'm talking about Summer Girls. The great Girls. Larry Bird jersey 33? Yeah, because at work, somebody brought up Kevin Bacon. Ah. So I said, I like Kevin Bacon, but I, I hate, hate Footloose. Footloose. Oh, that's great. One or two people, they caught on. but Just wait until someone asks uh, who was in Family Ties, and you can say Michael J. Fox was Alex P. Keaton. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, by the that should be that should be like an, a goal. That's my one of my resolutions going into 2020 is to be able to reference every line in Summer Girls by LFO by the end of the year. You know, kids, uh, Billy Shakespeare wrote a whole bunch of wrote sonnets. A whole bunch of sonnets. <laughs> wow, that is sad. I don't know. I think we got that's like half the song right there. Really, honestly, it is. And, it, and to be fair, the references sort of peter out in the second half of the song. They they really go hard at it for a little bit there. Thank you, LFO. How does it go? Tried to call you up. Thought I'd call you up, but what's the loose? What's the use? Is that how it is? Thought I thought I'd call you up, but what's the use? I like Kevin Bacon, but I hate Footloose. Um. Keep talking while I Google the lyrics to. Uh, Kevin Bacon, but I hate New Kids food. on the Block had a bunch of hits. Bunch of hits. Chinese, Chinese food, food makes, makes me, me sick. sick. And then I think it's Flower Girl Stop By, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you're the best girl that I ever did see. The Great, see, Larry, Bird the great Jersey, Larry Bird 33. Jersey 33. When you take a sip, you buzz like a hornet. Billy Shakespeare wrote a whole bunch of sonnets. Bunch of sonnets. That's terrible. That's that really is a, bad. That is, that's very oh, forced. We did forget one. Um, 
you left one day and never came back, came stayed back. all summer, then went back home. Macaulay Culkin wasn't, wasn't home, home alone. alone. Yeah. Yes. And then weird ones like when I met you, I said, my name is Rich. You look like you look a like Fitch, and I'm like, Abercrombie. why would you say your name is Rich? <laughs> His name isn't Rich. That doesn't even love new edition He's... and Candy Girl, which is kind of a reference. I bet somebody probably bet him 20 bucks that he couldn't write a song about with that rhymed Abercrombie and Fitch with something. I forgot about some of these, which is a very easy thing to rhyme. Why would anybody bet money on that? There was a good Stop. man named Paul Revere. I yeah. feel much better, baby, when you're near. It all it kind of fits the theme, like Larry Bird and Paul Revere. We found out that this band was inexplicably from somewhere in Massachusetts, LFO. They're from Bay, Bayfield or something. Where's That's like a very New England-type name. Yeah, don't ever read the lyrics to the song, Matt, because it's very stupid. <laughs> like the color purple macaroni and cheese, cheese, ruby red slippers, and a bunch of trees. Like, what is that? It's like it's like an eight eight year old wrote it. It's great. I, I mean, it's but it's not even like clever. No, they just thought of things that rhymed. And oh my god, I I appreciate it. I think it's one of the best songs ever made. I love it. I think it's it should belong it's in a time capsule. Like if like future civilizations could listen to this song, I would put that in there. I would put "Call Me Maybe" in there. Mm. I would put All Star by Smash Mouth in there. Oh, that's I would a, put probably Smash Mouth's entire discography in there. That's a jam. They had a lot of a lot of great hits. They did. Except they didn't get a shout out in Summer Girls. No. Well what what's the like timeline between Summer Girl Summer Girls and like All Star? When did those come out compared to one another? All Star would probably be 2000 or 2001. Yeah, LFO. I would say 2000. Summer Girls, Summer Girls was, was 1999. Right yeah. Okay, so, so we're saying Summer Girls definitely predates All Star then. I, no, they I were think both were, no, they were both released in 99. Wow, what a good year for music. I <laughs> said no one Man. ever. That's, yeah. And I think the Baja men were right around that time. Or oh they were probably 2000. This, you know, Matt, in, in general, I would say we need to do like a category of show that is like picking a year and seeing how many of like the top songs we can name from that year. Yeah, but as we established before, I'm not very good with years. Because remember you asked me like what other famous movies came out in 1988. and How about this, Matt? I tanked at that. Since we're in the 2010s, we're wrapping up the decade. <laughs> Using the Billboard Hot 100 chart, can you name uh, each year the Billboard has their number one single of the year, the number one selling single of the year? Can you name any of the 10, I guess nine because this year's not over yet, number one selling singles of any year between 2010 and today? <sighs> Now, I will say, none of these will surprise you. Maybe one, but generally they won't surprise you, especially the early 2010s. I'm pretty confident that I cannot do this. <laughs> I, I don't listen your really to any, to any music that's been made well, after, think, like, 2003. Again, I don't, like, we, we met in, what, 2009, 2010? Think of what yeah. was playing back then. Oh, okay. 
my first guess is going to be we're get the number one, something by Kesha. Yes, Kesha's got to be. Yes, yeah. she was pretty hot. 2010's number one single of the year. TikTok. Starships. Oh, TikTok. TikTok. Right. Okay, the song that that's, was everywhere. That's right. I don't remember any of that song. It's but, still a jam. Um, that's right. No, no, it's coming back to me now. Uh, yeah. Oh, that song was everywhere. Uh, what, so that was 2010. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, Beyonce had a hit somewhere in this decade. No, no. no uh, 2011 Adele's rolling in the deep. Oh yeah. Uh, 2012 Gautier with somebody that I used to know. That was number one. Wow! Believe it or not, which Carly Rae Jepsen "Call Me Maybe" was that same year, and I would have yeah, thought, I, thought would have been I would have I would have gone with that. I'm one. sure it was, was close. It, it doesn't have the exact. Both are good here. songs. I just didn't imagine that Gautier. What talk about a real one-hit wonder right there? Speaking of one-hit wonders, uh, Macklemore, Macklemore yep. with Thrift Shop. Thrift Shop, Thrift Shop was everywhere. Which again, that was the same year as 2013 as Blurred Lines, which that was everywhere. Yeah. So Thrift Shop beat out Blurred Lines? Uh, yeah, Royals as well was big that year. Royals, yep. Uh, 2014, Pharrell Williams, Happy. Sure. I don't think that's surprising. Sure. Yep. Um, Uptown Funk in 2015. Yeah, no, none of these are surprising. Um, I, I just forgot most of these songs existed. And then most of the artists, so I guess I officially stopped knowing about music in 2016, which was Justin Bieber, Love Yourself. Uh, same year as Justin Timberlake, Can't Stop This Feeling. That was pretty big. But then it's like Ed Sheeran. And I'm like, who's that? And then Drake. I've heard of Ed Sheeran. And then there's the little Nas X Old Town Road nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, things kind of went off the rails yeah. after 2015, I think. It's confusing. A little bit. Yeah. Can you name the artist who had the most number one singles during the 2010s? Maybe the this artist is more that had the most? Yes, most number ones. The most number one, one singles. singles. Yes. Okay. I would have gotten this wrong. I would have said who was the second, second most. If I were guessing. Say, who's big? Who was big this decade? Who was big in the twenty? Yeah, who was the big artist of the decade? Hmm. Uh, Drake probably. Drake, Drake was is big. fourth. Okay. Drake is fourth. Uh, I'm probably forgetting someone really obvious here. Oh yeah, for yeah. Sure. Uh, what? Okay, give me a hint. Well, What's I'll tell the... you. I'll tell you who number three is above Drake. It's Bruno Mars. Right. Oh wow, damn. So I okay. How about Jason Derulo? No, not come on. He's not even in the top <laughs> anything. <laughs> Stop that. I was surprised Taylor Swift is actually like tied for fifth, which I would have thought she would have been higher. Oh, what about Kanye? It's got to be Kanye West. No, number one singles. Number one. Huge hit songs. Oh, okay. I thought we were talking about like influential music. No, no, no. This is by the charts. The, the number one. Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber is just below Drake, tied with Taylor Swift. Okay. Uh... The whole I'll give you a hint. One of the top two is a well. The top two Jay-Z. are both. They're both ladies. Oh. And one of them, uh, I believe, holds the records for um, 
she's the first female artist to produce five number one songs in the U.S. Adele. No. This is taking forever. Number two is who I thought would have been number one, Katy Perry. Okay. Who just was on a that whatever that one album was, uh, which was I believe Teenage Dream, Firework, E.T. Last Friday Night. That's right. Part That's right. Yep. Of, I mean, she was on a tear. Number one is she was early two thousand. Number early one is uh, Rihanna. Believe it or not. Oh my God! Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Rihanna. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Yeah. I probably should have known that. I, anytime, anytime I hear a song and I don't know, like who sings it, I immediately if it's a woman, I immediately think of Rihanna. Mm-hmm. And then I just assume that she sings it. Oh, so geez. that probably goes. Goes without saying that she's number one for uh, the charts. Cool. Um. Well, that so that's the music we covered this decade in music. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk film for this decade? Absolutely, man. Was this a good overall or a bad decade for film? Matt, how many of the top ten highest grossing films of the 2010s can you name? Oh, okay. Uh, this one might be more your game. speed. Or do we have to go in order? Oh, no. This is... Hang on. I have to actually find... This is the list for only the year 2010. I don't oh, know wow. if I can actually get a list for the 2010s. Yes, I can. Okay. Okay. So we're talking about highest grossing films? Highest grossing films of 2010. The list in front of me is the top 50. But we'll see yeah. how many you can name. I can't go in any particular order. I'm just going to... That's fine. Fire out names. I think... There's got to be a space on there for Star Wars. There's got to be up there for Marvel. Okay, well, but can you, do you want to be more all specific? Them, all the movies. Okay. They, uh, Galactic. No, what's a what's a Infinity War? Yeah. So Avengers Endgame is number one. Star Wars yep. Force Awakens is two. Avengers Infinity War is three. Uh, then you skip down to number six for the Avengers, number eight for Avengers Age of Ultron, nine for Black Panther, and 11 for Star Wars Last Jedi. Yeah. They just dominate the charts. But there are some movies in the top ten you didn't name. Uh, some of them will surprise you. <laughs> uh, how about Skyfall? Uh, Why not? We talked about uh, that's the 24th highest grossing of the decade. Okay. Yeah. Skyfall was great. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was a good one. Uh, how about good for Skyfall? Um, how about, oh boy, there's been so many movies, Sean. There's been so many movies. I know, but Matt, think of the ones that made a lot of money. Um, uh, Frozen. Uh, Frozen is number 13. Yeah. Um, now there's actually Matt. I will tell you there are actually two movies from the same franchise, both above Frozen, at number twelve and number four. I think I just stumped you more. Oh, hang on. Oh boy, we're reconnecting. Oh boy, folks. The secret answer is. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I would say. I would say it's Coco. Is Coco up there? No, Coco was like one of the worst performing Pixar movies. That's really sad. I there's thought it, and there's no Pixar movie. Numbers. The highest Pixar movie is number 15, Incredibles 2. Oh, that's really depressing. Yeah. 
Uh, again, Matt, this is taking forever. So uh, Jurassic World, uh, the first. No, uh, you, I, I, you know, I thought Jurassic World. I yeah. thought like, it, it entered my head. And I was like, there's no way that that grossed that much. Mo- OK, the, the first Jurassic World at number four and mm-hmm. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom at number 12. Um, also in the top 10, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 at number 10. That's right. That came out this decade. Uh, number this six, decade has felt like a long decade. It's franchise Uh And then number seven, Furious 7 from the Fast and the Furious right. franchise. Uh, and number five, surprisingly enough, is the new live action Lion King, the fifth highest grossing movie of the decade. Another, again, very sad. Yeah. But understandable. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your favorite movie of this decade? Life. What movie meant the most to you? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know what movies I've watched over the last ten years. Yeah, over the last ten years. Oh my Sean, god! Which, which ones stuck out to you the most? But you know Let's what, go- Matt? So the the difference between you and I is sometimes we go into an episode and we have a topic, but we approach it in different ways, which I think is fun. I came into this episode, I actually made a list of my favorite and worst things from the 2010s. Good. We don't have to use it. You came prepared. But but there was a movies-related thing on here. Yeah? Because one of my favorite things of the 2010s is superhero movies, not in the way you think. I think Marvel movies are fine. I don't think they're amazing movies. I don't think they're terrible. I think they're solid movies. I enjoy watching them. They're fine. But what I appreciate about them is what they've done for movie theaters. Because prior to the 2010s, uh, movie theater attendance was lagging coming out of the 2000s. A, there just weren't a lot of great movies happening at that time. But also, um, the the Marvel movies really did reinvigorate people going back to the movie theater. You have to go to the theater to see the movie, which is counterintuitive when you think about how technology has evolved in the 2010s, right? More on demand, more streaming, more services. You would think people would go to the theaters less, but actually ticket sales are strong because of these big franchises. And to me, that's great because I'm a pretty technology first guy, but I value movie theaters. And I think movie theaters are important. I don't think they should go away. And if it takes big franchises to get people in the seats, I think that's a good thing because it keeps theaters around. So that's what I appreciated about this decade is that people went back to the theaters. Yeah, that's well said. Uh, I it, Yeah, it, it was it was something that the movie theaters needed for sure. They needed they needed this. Well, it's also uh, interesting to me, too, that if you think about it, 2009 right before we enter this decade, was the release of Avatar. And it was amazing to see, even over the next five years, 3D movies explode and then implode. Because right now, do you ever see a movie advertised as in 3D? I know you can see some in 3D, but it's... No, that was... It was a fad. Totally falling off the wayside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was a, a gimmick, really, to try to get... I, yeah, and it did to try it. to get people back in the theaters. It's amazing because if you look at charts of box office grosses, you know, over the years, you'll see a big jump in 2009, 2010, 2011. It's not that more people went to the theaters. It's that they were being charged $15, $20 a ticket to see right. it in 3D. It was kind of yeah. misleading. Uh, it, yeah. 
Yeah, it's inflated, inflated numbers, inflated prices. So I remember we did our, we did an episode about this. We talked about movie theaters and their future and, and stuff like that. A lot of what we predicted came true as a matter of fact. So you can go check that out, uh, in the old up for debate library. Um, but one thing we did say is that we were going to, you know, we maybe would see the, the pendulum swing a little bit in the other direction that people would start coming back to, to theaters. And that seems to be happening. So, yeah, well, again, it's the same reason why the only stuff that's working on broadcast TV these days are live events and sports. It's because you have to have a reason to see it in a theater versus anywhere else. And when you have an Avengers Endgame or Star Wars or something like that where it's spoiler heavy and I've seen all the other movies so I have to see this one now. Like, I don't need to see Star Wars in the theater at all. I am not at all jazzed up about seeing this movie. But I'm going to go see it in the theaters. Like, that's crazy. But that's what a franchise really sets up. And that's that's a big change over the last decade. Right. Well, you want to be a part of it. It's, it's, it's the FOMO thing. Right. You want to be a part of it. You don't want to miss out. Yep. You uh, you want to uh, be able to talk about things around the water cooler or at school or whatever. You know, you don't want to miss out on things. Yep. Spoiler culture. Yep. People will ruin things if you don't go see them on the first night. So, uh, so Sean, what's up? What's up with your list there? Oh, your, my, my your, list here. Yeah. Things Let's take I, a look at that. Things that, would you want something I liked about the decade or I didn't like? Give us a – we've been talking about a lot of things we liked, I think, a lot of positives. I think you need something to just kind of temper it out. Give me, okay. a, give me a thing you didn't like about the decade. All right. This is a very specific thing, mm. okay? But I couldn't think of any, like, broad things I didn't like about the decade because it's a fine decade entrepreneurship matt whoa let me explain to you why okay Uh, 2010s part of it was the decade of entrepreneurship it really was shark tank took off and then all of a sudden everyone was it's all uh, small businesses and it's anyone can open up a business online or you know that this whole decade was about that but what drove me crazy about it is entrepreneurship isn't for everybody Entrepreneurship is just a shiny, glossy way of saying, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, trickle down economics. Like, that's all it is. It's the same thing of, if you work hard, you can make it in this country. The same as if if you have a good idea, you can make it in this country. And it's like, that's not how it works. Not everyone should be an entrepreneur. There's literally books called Everyone Should Be an Entrepreneur. And that is so far from the truth. That is such a dangerous thing to tell people. Because then you have like stupid idiots on Kickstarter with their bad ideas trying to make a business out of it. That will never work. Don't encourage. That's like saying everyone should be a race car driver. Like some people should be race car drivers. The majority of people shouldn't. Well, what do they say? They say too, uh, too many cooks spoil the broth, right? So that's. Yeah. No, it just drives me crazy because it's not even done in a way where it's like, you know, explore your creativity. Like, that's a good message, right? But entrepreneurship, it's literally just reframing the idea that you are self-reliant, and if you're not successful, it's your fault. That that the only thing holding you back is the fact that you aren't working hard enough. Right, Which is a bunch entre- of crap. This whole entrepreneurship sure. thing, if I work 24 hours a day for my business and it's blood, sweat, and tears, and you do whatever it takes to be successful, and if you fail, you got nobody to blame but yourself, which is 
again, it's it's the glossier version of this message we've heard going back forever. You know, it's Reagan, it's Reagan, it's all this kind of stuff of not to get it political, but that's really that's really what it is, and and I think it's it's just a better reframing of it, and it that just it just it really does drive me crazy. It really does drive me crazy. Yeah, where do you think that where do you think that all started from? Was there a would you say is there like a catalyst? Do you think that the do you think that the uh, recession had something to do with it? I think so because we saw we saw there were a lot more people out of work, so they were looking to work independently in small businesses. Yeah, I also think part of it is media because I think following that right business in let's just say two thousand four two thousand six was not very interesting. But I think following the recession, business again became sexy to some degree, small business at least. You know, when you have big tech companies like Facebook and Google and Amazon, that's kind of an interesting story, right? And then you have the internet making millionaires out of people. It's an interesting story. We hadn't seen that since 99, 2000, and it all crashed after that. So I do think that there's some percent. And then again, shows like Shark Tank, I think really have made it possible for everyone to know the term entrepreneur, Right, that's become mainstream. Why is that? Because people are talking about it. So it's it's a branding thing. That's what, all it yeah. is. That's it. Just when you look at it, because you're right, there was this big trend, this big push, this decade of of like self reliant well, entrepreneurs. You know, you think about sites like Etsy, right? That's yeah. new this decade. You know, platforms that allow people to theoretically become... It's never been easier to build a website. It's never been easier to... You know, you can pay 200 bucks and incorporate a company. It's theoretically never been easier. Yeah. And apps. Apps coming out with... Sure. And being able to apps. make... Being able to make money 100% digitally instead of well, manufacturing right. hard goods. It's it's an, just another platform for people to like invent things that maybe other people need, but maybe they don't really need them. I don't know. Like it's just over encouraging people is the problem. Yeah. You have to be realistic. It's too glossy. Some people don't have very good ideas, but they might be good at other things and they don't need to be entrepreneurs. It's okay to work for someone else. Yeah. It's okay to not be your own boss. You know, that's, that's this pitch of like a real successful person is an entrepreneur. And I'm like, that's not true and almost dangerous to say because you're, you're setting up a reality that can't be real. It's like a, it's like PT Barnum or something like, uh, yeah, it's that old Thomas Edison and, you know, man made from nothing to become a big success. And Yeah, well, if, if there were a billion Thomas Edisons, then there would be no Joe, Joe Sixpack to work in the factories. You know, it's got to be – you got to have a nice balance. You, you know, there's a great podcast I listen to. I actually think you would really enjoy it, Matt. It's called Your Kickstarter Sucks. Uh, and it's it's a very funny show, but it's these guys, and they essentially go on Kickstarter and find the worst oh. Kickstarters, hence the name. And you you read some of these, and honestly, yeah, they're stupid and they're laughable, but at some point, my heart breaks for these people because they've been told their whole lives that if you have an idea, it can be successful, and nobody wants to tell them your idea is stupid and you should let it die. I see. I th- doesn't that? That's what Shark Tank does. Shark Tank 100%. says your idea sucks. Yeah. And what they do, and, and even if the sharks say their idea sucks, the episode ends with them saying, "But I'm not giving up. 
I know I'll be right in the end. Oh, yeah. Always and always. Because they've invested so much time at that point. It's like if they give up, they'll go insane. So it's it, it's sad. Yeah. It is. But, you know, maybe maybe you learn some things along the way. You learn some skills along the way. And you can apply no, them to work in a big sh- company. It's not that people shouldn't do it. I, I think if you truly have a great idea and you have the mind and personality to to run a business and be successful, you should do it. And I'm glad that people today have opportunities to do it they didn't before. What I have a problem is it's the marketing of entrepreneurship that I have a problem with. It's the framing of it and using it as an excuse mm. to say, Matt, you are not successful because you do not work hard enough as an entrepreneur. If you were a real entrepreneur, you'd be rich by now. That's what bothers me because I don't think that's fair. Yeah, I it's it's sort of like when somebody they they like someone will come up and be like, "Oh, I want to be a professional basketball player." It's like, "Okay, well, you would have been scouted by now. Like there would have been scouts that would have been finding you out, but discovering it, you and writing you like But it's, it's also you know, it's you also, you got to temper your dreams. Temper your expectations. But it's not even that. That's what it, I always say. It, it's it's in that scenario the problem would be is if I went up to you Matt and said, "Matt, why aren't you in the a- NBA yet?" If you practiced more, you'd be in the NBA. You <laughs> yeah, know, it's your fault it you're not in the NBA. That's what entrepreneurship does. Is yeah. it allows you, it allows you to pass the buck. The reason you're not in the NBA, Matt, is because you're not good at basketball. But I'm not going to tell you that. It's not I'm going to tell you that you can do anything you want. You can be right. in the NBA if you just, you just work need hard to read enough. my book and work hard enough. There you go. So and drink the drink the magic water <sighs> from uh, Space Jam. Did that give him special powers? Yeah, the special stuff. Mike, Michael's right, special right. stuff. It was, it was just water the whole time. It was just regular or water. Or was it? No, it was a human growth hormone. Yeah, that's right. They all got tested and they all got they all lost their jobs right after. So. Yep. Tragic, really. Remember when, they remember beat when, the Monstars. Remember so. when Bill Murray was there? Yeah, that's Bill a, Murray. It's a weird friggin' movie. Uh, Matt, do you want to talk about something positive about this decade? Yeah, bring, bring me what's, what was something you liked about the Here 2010s? Here we go. You're going to appreciate this one. One yeah. of my favorite things of the 2010s, mm-hmm. fast casual dining. Fast casual dining? Sean, is that so... If I understand correctly, you're you're not talking about fast food. Uh, Wikipedia fast casual dining to me means like would you say like a like a Denny's? Like what are you talking about? Here? Okay, are you talking about Grubhub? No. As okay. Wikipedia writes better than I could explain it, a fast casual restaurant does not offer full table service, but advertises higher quality food than fast food oh, restaurants. Oh, like Panera. An intermediate concept between fast food and casual dining. Examples include Five Guys, Chipotle, Shake Shack, uh, yes, Panera, um, yeah. et cetera, Smashburger, et cetera, okay. et cetera. I can get behind that. I love, I love a good Five Guys. Not a thing before the 2010s. That's weird to think about. It That's really weird is. To think about you know, and especially it's real weird to think about because some of these places, like I did actually it feels like they've it. been around forever. Chipotle was founded in like '93, but didn't really break out until the 2010s. No, I had never heard of it. Probably um, until this decade, Five Guys didn't start franchising until 2003, but they didn't really break out until until the 2010s. Um, where did where did people go to eat before that? Like. Isn't that something? <laughs> but you know what? Honestly, Matt, you're Before not wrong. This decade, where it's, did people go to eat? It's truly diners. I guess changed how people eat. No, because they would go to fast food or a, a, a real restaurant, casual, what they would call a casual dining, like a like a TGI Fridays or, or an Applebee's yeah, or something like Apple, that. Wow, it really has changed the way that we eat. 
It has. It's, it's created and a whole I never, new industry. I never thought to put it in its own category, but it is. It's not fast food. It's but not it's not a, a restaurant. It's not a restaurant. Right. It's its own thing. So yeah. casual. Fast casual. Fast casual diet. Yeah, it's not fast food. It's not casual. It's fast casual. Yeah. Um. This and the, and and you say this is a positive. What what do you like about fast casual dining? Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, you can kind of I would argue again, you could tie the rise in fast casual dining to the recession. Um because I think younger people, you're you're sort of 18 to 34s, um had more limited discretionary spending. So they weren't going to full restaurants. Um and I think this offered a a more price conscious alternative that was better than fast food. And for me, what I think it's done is it's created more cuisine opportunities because you look at something like Chipotle and all the similar, your, your Moe's and your other examples. I'm not thinking of Baja fresh, uh, you know, all these other examples where maybe a taco bell was your sort of Mexican option in town but there were a lot of places around the country that didn't have high quality Mexican food choices. And so, you know, it's the same with burgers because you get your your steak and shake and your Shake Shack and your uh, smash burger and all these burger chains. It used to be a McDonald's burger. Or you went to a fancy restaurant. I just think opening up cuisine options has I think you would agree with me, Matt, that over the last decade, we have seen a rise in people trying to cook more at home. I don't know if the statistics bore this out, but I do think there's been a renewed interest in baking. Some of that's Great British Bake Off and things like that. Um, A rise in cooking and people caring about what they eat again. And I think this is both a cause of that and a response to it. Yeah. I think we became, I mean, what year did Super Size Me come out? 2004. Four. Ah, I was going to say that. Ah, nice. you knew All it. Right. Uh, you know, yep. uh, people started to become more conscious about what fast food was in in twenty in the 2010s. And that's, again, when the McDonald's of the world started coming out with more high-end offerings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, I, something that I really liked about this decade, going along in the same vein – with that, uh, the casual dining, yeah, touch screens. I like the touch screens and the uh, on the tables. You mean like I'm at a restaurant? About, yeah, in restaurants. I okay. like the um, in, in all manner. I like the I, I I go to Wawa almost every day, and there's a touch screen there, and I order my sandwich on the touch screen. Uh, I I I use a touch screen for the Coke machines and Pepsi machines wherever they are throughout the world um well that's also pretty cool let's break this down because i think you're talking about a couple different things well i'm saying that i like them all Uh, there's there's the concept of me not having to interact with another human being but i'm I'm gonna challenge you on that i'm gonna challenge you on that because i think some of what you said is okay and some of what you said is, is not okay okay because i think like coke freestyle machines are one of the best things on earth they're awesome. They're yeah. really a treat. They are. They're great. And, and I agree. Ordering at like a fast food restaurant or a Wawa on a touch screen is also great. Yeah. Because it means workers can be assigned to other tasks. Um, 
And especially when you're ordering something that has a lot of customized options, it's good to be able to do on touchscreen. I advocated, I think one of my favorite things of the decade, I don't know, Matt, if you've gotten into the um, mobile app ordering for fast food and fast casual dining. Sometimes. But that's been yeah, a big I've revelation done, for me. It's pretty It's pretty neat, yeah. Uh, especially at a, something like uh, Taco Bell or something where you customize a lot of stuff. I think it's really great. To me, the kiosks at the sit-down table service restaurants, I don't like those. Because the point of eating there is that you have a server. Wait, what do you mean? What Are you talking about like at Panera or... No, I'm talking about like at a, a Chili's or TGI Fridays where they have okay. the kiosks at the table. Oh, see, I don't really, I don't do that a lot. Okay. Like, um, I have, I don't think, I can't remember the last time I've been in a Chili's. Oh my God, probably, probably back in college. Matt, but, we gotta go to Chili's. Damn, no, I don't think we ever really do. <laughs> I think that, <laughs> that's not really necessary. There are plenty of better options now than Chili's. Uh, but yeah, no, the the only the only similar experience is once in a while we had a Ruby Tuesdays nearby uh, and then it closed and then we had to say goodbye Ruby Tuesdays. People, people can't see at home, but I am aggressively rolling my eyes. We had to say goodbye to Ruby Tuesdays um, and sing the song. And um, then I never went there. I haven't been there in a long time. But even that, the old Ruby Tuesdays right down the road from our apartment doesn't. Uh, it didn't have those touch screens, so I don't I've, know. I, I've that, been in restaurants that have them, and they're unnecessary. There's a barbecue place by us that has one, but only for paying. Like you pay with it. Yeah, you don't order with it. That there's kind also of like makes games. Sense. If you have a kid, but see, that's kid, what's weird. That's weird. I don't know. Bring an iPad. Yeah, that's. Weird. I think that's odd. Yeah, can, yeah, especially because you have to pay like five bucks per game. It's like. Really? Like, just so your kid won't scream for 30 seconds, like 30 minutes while you wait for the food? Like, get him a coloring book. Coloring books are like a dollar. Remember when the places used to have, like, paper tablecloths that you could draw on? Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, that's 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 all, all, all in the past, Sean. All <laughs> yes, it the is. Past. The relics of the past. Hmm. Well, that's... I like that. I like the touch screens. I'm going to say I'm going to go out and say that that is one of my favorite things about the decade. Grubhub has also been pretty swell. Uh, DoorDash, all, everything where they can just deliver food to me. But I don't like that it costs a lot more. So I don't do it often. But I think it's a cool idea. I also think that Uber Eats is pretty neat. I, yeah. I thought about becoming an Uber Eats driver. Oh, my God. Can I film it? Wait, what? I think you I think you being an Uber delivering eats, food. I think you being an Uber Eats driver could absolutely be a thing. Like could that sounds like hilarious. A show? Like a documentary. Yes. <laughs> like you getting lost and like Should like, I wear like deliver- a GoPro or something. Yes, we'll we'll strap the car up with cameras. I think that would be very funny. Uh, you, you know, you think I would like? What do you think I would do? Would I like drop people's food or eat it? I don't know. Like yes, all that. I'm you, sorry, you, you would I like go to the wrong house and, and someone pull a gun <laughs> on you or something. Like I'm just trying to think of the things that could happen. The wacky antics that you I know, could like get a feral into. dog chases you down the street or something. Witness I don't know. All kinds of crimes. Yeah, yeah. It's. It, I'm sure those people have swell adventures. Oh boy. Uh, no, you know, food delivery services. It, it bums me out. Why? 
It's a, you know, man, I want to be a good consumer. I, I, I know I want to be a good consumer in our capitalist country. Yeah, I really do. We, we are called by Lord Disney to. Uh, but then it's like, but these people are paid pennies to do this very difficult and unpleasant job. And they're, we're adding a lot more carbon to the Sean, environment when they drive their you, cars around. You sounded like a big socialist uh, on this show. Uh, He's complained it's about me out. Reaganomics before, and now you're complaining about. No. DoorDash. Look, look people man. Get, people get paid. I, I, I tip very well. I'm One of nice, us has to be tipper. woke. Uh, no, and the thing is, the companies yeah. don't even give the tips to the drivers. I give the tips to the drivers. Don't. I give a payment cash. Oh, you I pay them cash. Like well, that's, cash. Oh, that's, yeah, I always okay, start tipping cash. Okay, that's smart. That's smart. Because I feel like they get people get shafted if they don't. But no, it's such, a, it's such a bad economy. The gig economy is so bad. I, I just, it bums me out. It's, it's good. It maybe is bad for your soul but no people well, get it's, paid you know but, but not not enough not as much as they you well, know what would you do how would you fix this situation because i like getting food i would skip i would skip right ahead to when it's automated but we have drones that deliver robots it. oh yes. okay that that to so me would, i feel good about i and we don't have to tip the robots no and the great thing about robots is like there are certain things they should and should not do I feel like delivering a pizza to your house is something a robot could definitely handle. <laughs> like, that seems very doable for a robot. I think so. I think the, the big fear is that many of them will, will not return. The right. People kidnap these robots and do unspeakable things with them. Uh, like to take them and, and, and use them as like a, like a practice football dummy or something. Like for their practice squad. It seems like a really overthought or, plan or they to would, get a free they would reprogram the robot to have it deliver pizzas for the competitor of the pizza delivery this could be a thing isn't that the plot of Chappie yeah yeah it is the plot of Chappie yeah that was a great movie was did it? you see that no it was, I liked it I really liked Chappie no I'm thinking of District 9 I really like District 9 Chappie sucked <laughs> yeah okay I was movie. about to say same guy yep Chappie was dumb. Same yeah, guy. same guy. District 9 was, was I awesome. I did see District 9, and one that of, is a great movie. Really good movie. That was yeah. like Neil Blomkamp, which yes. I can't believe they still let him make movies. Because he did District 9, which was great. And then he did Elysium with um, Matt Damon. Oh, yeah. And then he did Chappie. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. He, yeah. He needs to stop. But... Anyway, yeah, Chappie sucked. Sorry, Chappie. Yeah, not a great film of this decade. Nah, not at all. Um, yeah, overall, would you say this is a good decade, bad decade, or somewhere in the middle? It's it's boy, it's so hard to say because I can only speak for me personally. No, it's not. I think this was a bad decade. <laughs> I think this decade sucked, and I'm really happy it's over. No! Yeah. No, come on. We got fast casual dining. Yeah, this this decade Marvel was bad. Movies. This was bad. Bad things happened. I no. think it was – the early part was okay, but I think the way that people treat each other now is pretty bad. I think that Twitter is bad. Okay, hang on. And I think that a lot of – a lot of the way that we are is now bad because of things oh, that happened in this man. decade. Yeah, bad decade. Name a good decade. The 90s. The 90s were great. They were not. Love the 90s. 90s were amazing. 
you can't tell me that the 90s was not a great decade for everybody. Matt, the 90s were amazing because you were like five in the 90s. Yeah, and it was awesome. Yeah. I had no responsibilities. Oh, my God. People took care of oh everything for me. I have to pay bills in this decade. I have to pay for my own <sighs> gas in this decade. I have to pay rent in this decade. So you just don't like this decade because you were an adult in it. This is the first decade you were an adult in. <laughs> Huh, huh. I wonder yeah. why you don't like it. You know, hmm. I never <laughs> really made this correlation before, but yep. I think we just found something out. Yeah. Because if you think about it, you entered this decade as a college freshman and you leave the decade as a married man. That's. Isn't that crazy? The hell. Yeah. yeah. That is wild. Yep. That's true, though. Damn. I feel like I went through like a time warp. Yeah. It's wow. it, it is really crazy to think about. That is that is really crazy to think about. But I I think yeah, I think it, maybe it was good in some areas. I don't I can't really think of what, but uh, again though, was showing it, medical advances, that's always getting better. It 90s was the best decade. No, it's not. Stop that. It, no, it wasn't. You can't tell me it wasn't. It, it just was wasn't. a great decade. It was not it was a great decade. Amazing. It was so good. Bill Clinton, you had like prosperity and boy bands, boy bands. And, uh, what is it? What was that frosting your hair where you like the frosted tips? Yeah, that was, that was great. Films like the star Wars prequels, pogs, Titanic slap bracelets, Tamagotchi. Uh, Matt, I think, I think the 2010s were a mixed bag. I don't think they were bad. Because I do think there were some good things. Yeah. I don't think it's fair like to what? say it was all bad. I think overall, I, I give it a bad, I give it a C. Okay, well, that's right in the middle. Yeah, so it it was not as good. The 90s, I would give an A+. Plus. Oh, okay. Well, 90s what, were great. What would, great you give, what would you give the 2000s? A B. But 9-11 happened. Somewhere in the, it was an average decade. Yeah, but... The aftermath of it, with everybody being united and yeah, but there was also nothing on the same page. But Matt, there was literally like four years where nothing interesting happened culturally. What four years are you talking about? Name anything from two thousand four. Name anything from two thousand four. Name anything from two thousand four. Name a name a <laughs> name a movie. Name a song. Name anything from two thousand four. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm not looking it up. Okay, Matt, seriously, I'm not joking. I will give you a $20 <laughs> bill if you can name any of the top 10 highest grossing films of 2004. What? There has to be. I mean. There's no way. You'll, you'll never do it. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Um, The Bodyguard. That was what in the 90s. You're just thinking of 90s <laughs> things. Damn it. Um, The Pokemon movie. <laughs> That's also oh, 2000. No. Sean, I can't. I can't name. What? What? Give me something from 2004. Well, I was also going to look up to see if I could find the... Um... Did you just Google things that happened in 2004? <laughs> that does sound like a very funny... No, I was looking up the... Um... I was looking up the... Both the movie chart and the music chart um, for those respective... Um respective years so let's see matt 2004 in film the highest see what does this say about 2004 the highest grossing movie of 2004 was shrek 2 oh 
Oh God. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. You're right. The early 2000s just you know got. You know what the number one song of 2004 season. was? The number one song was "Summer Girl" by LFO. Again, you're thinking of the 90s. No, it's "Yeah" with Usher featuring Little John and Ludacris. Oh, I would have. Okay, that was a great song. It's timeless. People play it now, like it. But you know, do you know what the number six highest grossing song of 2004 was, or the top high, top singles? The number f- what? Number six. Number five. Number six. number six. For 2004. Uh oh! It would have to be "Hey Ya" by Outkast. Actually, that was number eight. So this, I want you to just remember for a second. This song beat it. <sighs> the safety dance. No, Matt. It's my and yours favorite band. I think someday Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees Hoobastank with the oh. reason. With what? The reason. The reason. And the reason is you. Do you remember that one? Oh yeah, yeah. I do. That yes. was super stink. Okay. Also, also top singles of 2004: "Lean Back" by Fat Joe and the Terror Squad. Yeah. Um, Fat Joe. He, Three Doors Down is in here. Nickelback. Evanescence. Yep. Oh, gross. Terrible decade for music. This was terrible. Yep. Okay. Now you know you can you've convinced Lincoln me. Park. This Dido. Good. Dido, Matt. Oh uh, yeah. Ashley Simpson. Nope. Need I go on? No. Yeah. Jessica uh, Simpson. Did was there anything redeeming? I'm. Th- what about Smash Mouth? Was early two thousands, right? Yeah, it was like two thousand ninety nine, two thousand one. Okay. Yeah, the rest of the decade sucked. Okay, I, I'm willing to accept that. No, I mean once you get to like oh six, oh seven, oh eight, it starts to get better. I'm just saying those that that the first half of the two thousands was Lifehouse. Really Remember Lifehouse? I love Lifehouse. I still Remember like Lifehouse. Coldplay was pretty big. Coldplay's still big. Fall I still. Out boy. Ugh. Gross. Green Day. <sighs> Grosser. Um. Yeah, man. Uh, well. Clay Aiken. Come on. Yeah. Get out of town. So anyway, Matt, what American do I? American Idol Mania. I give the 2010s a B. Okay. I, I think I think it wasn't perfect, but I think there were some things to like. And for me personally, it was a great decade. Yeah. No, personally, it was great. I, I, I'm not as two I'm straight white men. General. We had a great decade. I'm saying cultural, culturally, culturally. Yeah. My grade was all based on culture, culture purely. Not, for, I'm not, I was saying it's not personal. Oh, yeah. The 90s grade was personal. It was a great decade for me, and I think for most people. You passed so. elementary school. I would Ex- say... Unless you lived in Eastern Europe. Not ooh. a great decade for Eastern Europe at all. Or North Korea. Although, is it still a good decade for Eastern Europe? Has there ever been a good decade for Eastern Europe? Has there ever Eastern been Europe? a great decade for <laughs> Eastern Europe? No. Oh, the answer to that is no. No. Not since the Habsburgs. Matt... I don't think we'll ever have a good cultural decade again. That's really sad to think. But good by your definition. Because media, I'll, and I'll even include the 90s in this, certainly the late 90s. Media has become so fractured thanks to the internet, thanks to changing tastes, thanks to streaming, thanks to all these, uh, Spotify and all these things, that I don't think we'll ever have a cohesive 
media culture like we had in the 80s and the 90s. Like 80s, it's like E.T. and Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark and all, you know, it's like you know all the movies. We don't have a ubiquitous culture anymore, unfortunately. And I don't think we'll ever be able to say, wow, this whole decade was really great in culture because we'll never agree. Yeah. Well, I was actually, I was listening to another podcast that I listen to a lot. And they, on that podcast, they were talking about how it's, the, the concept of having nostalgia is going to change because everyone will have their own nostalgia because right. everybody will be creating their own, you know, what, what videos that they watched, what, what time period they were influenced most by, like instead of everybody collectively remembering the eighties or remembering the nineties fondly, it will be like, Oh, I watched these videos, but all of these things were our shows from, 1970s or something or like now the 2010s like yeah i think i think you're probably right i, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing no i don't think it's a bad thing it's just I think it's that it, just different you know you you might find other people that are like oh yeah i you know i really jived with the 60s or you know i i like vaudeville sean i, I by side note i really like vaudeville well, i mean come on who doesn't damn i it's like there's some funny some really funny things if you like YouTube vaudeville acts, but anyway, like but I, you might find some like niche people like that, that you want to get with. more niche. But I think that's, yeah. I don't think we'll ever be able to say this decade was great for the country, but we will be able to say this decade was great for me. And I think that's, mm. that's fine. I'll never forget. Uh, there was a great, I wish I remembered his name, but there was, a, did you ever go to this guy? There was a great presenter who came by Marist college. He toured the college circuits, giving presentations on the history of music. Did you ever go to any of his, sh he came by once a year, every year. No, I, I, was not aware he was of a cool guy he used to work in the music industry and he would give like an hour-long presentation and he did one on the 50s one on the 60s one on the 70s and one on the 80s and he would do it in different years so this year he'd come by he'd do the 70s presentation next year he'd come by he did the 80s i saw three of the four of them because he came every year really smart guy had been in the music industry but i asked him after one of his presentations i say why do you stop at the 90 or at the 80s why don't you do a 90s one and he goes even doing the 80s was hard. Their music split so far apart in the 90s and moving forward that to cover it in an hour would be absolutely impossible. And part of that's MTV, and part of that is digital music, and part of that is it's just it's gone Media. so far awry that it couldn't be covered in an hour. And, I, and that really stuck with me. And I said, that's, you know, you're absolutely right. That's true. I think maybe, maybe we'll move to a... Like I think I said the word niche before, but I'm gonna say it again. Like a like every like a cottage industry music scene where like I don't know people are bringing back like the bagpipes and like traditional instruments oh, and stuff. And they'll always and be quarters for that. You're going yeah, and you're like going to see, but like it's your your little everybody's got their own little slice is what I'm trying to say. Like it's that's that is kind of like our 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 decade is like everybody's got their own little corner. Everybody's got their own little like YouTube section, YouTube channels that they watch. And I think that's fine. I mean, it, it is isolating in a way, but in a way it's not like, cause, cause there are people that assuredly watch or are interested in the same things as you. And it's easier than ever to find those people, you know, well, even if they are worlds apart, you know, and we can and wrap if they up are two uh, worlds apart. Oh boy. Like you, the, <laughs> you got it. You got to stop that. You got to stop that buddy. We're in the future now. Um, we can wrap up the episode here by talking just a little bit about the future. I, 
I agree with you, Matt. Unfortunately, I think the reality is much less pleasant than that. Because while I agree that people are going to get more into their niche corners, our future will unfortunately be algorithmically driven. And we're already starting to see it now. And the issue with that is, in a perfect world, Matt, you would find the thing you're interested in, and you would go seek out where it lives. And you would hang out there. Unfortunately, in the future, a computer is going to figure out what you like and is only going to show you what it thinks you like. It's I don't think that's a bad thing. Okay. I'll explain why. Yes, please. All right? Okay. So I was on YouTube. I, I think I might have mentioned this on the show before, but over the summer, I was on YouTube a lot watching videos as I do and, and stuff. And I, I don't know why. But YouTube really thought that I would enjoy videos about beekeeping. So I clicked on the video about beekeeping. I watched it. And then it presented me with another one. So I clicked it and I watched it. And they kept sending me all these videos about beekeeping. And I had never – I'm afraid of bees. I hate bees. Mm-hmm. I don't like being anywhere near them. But I know a lot about beekeeping that I never ever thought I would learn. And it's because of these weird algorithms, these like mysterious algorithms. It's almost like they were they they rewarded me with the skill that I never wanted to learn, but now kind of think is kind of cool. I don't see myself ever becoming a beekeeper unless sure. I have to, unless we live in like a a world where it's necessary for me to do that. But I I would have never sought it out if it hadn't been presented before me. I, w- I wish you could do more things like that, but unfortunately, all I, I get now are like weird computer science cat stuff. But see, that's the problem, and uh, I could spend a whole hour talking about this, so I won't. But quickly, three issues with our algorithmically driven future. Number one, uh, tech companies drive those algorithms, and they have to make a profit at the end of the day. As someone who works behind the scenes in social media, I know how algorithms work, and what happens is... They make me pay them to get higher up in that algorithm. So they're not agnostic. They have a bias. Number two, algorithms don't always work. They can be wrong. For example, how uh, certain uh, – when you Google solar system on YouTube and you watch one video and the recommended on the side are things about how the earth is flat. And about how the universe isn't real or about how God created the universe or whatever you want to say. Algorithms don't filter for that kind of stuff. Um, and it leads people down dangerous holes to extremism and all kinds of other shady things. Sure. But number three, and for me, maybe even more dangerous than those two, is the loss of discovery. Because in a day and age where an algorithm feeds you everything, you lose the ability to just take Wikipedia, for example. One of the most fun things about Wikipedia is reading an article, clicking on something, seeing another article. You search for something, but you go to the wrong article, but you learn something. Go through the Wikipedia rabbit hole, right? But an algorithmic future where you want to learn about rabbits and it just automatically feeds you the rabbits page and the answer from the rabbits page, you've taken away the ability for yourself to discover what else is out there. Yeah, so that, so no that weird niche, you, someday the algorithm is going to get so good that they're going to know what you're already interested in, Matt, and they're not going to show you videos of beekeeping. Because realistically, <laughs> the algorithm isn't sophisticated enough to know you're not a beekeeper yet. But someday it will, and you won't get to discover new things. That's what scares me. But then I'm, I'm sure that there will be – someone will invent something. It'll call it, They'll call it like discover, the Discovery Channel. 
But again, someone else or, created you know, it. You know what I mean? It'll be no, like, no, I know what you mean. Go on, it'll be like a – there used to be – I think they got rid of it. I thought it was kind of cool. It was There was a site called StumbleUpon. Yeah, I remember that. Remember that? Yeah. And, but it would just take you to like just random websites. Um, if you like put a category in, like, I, I think something like that might come in. But again, it's always built by like somebody else. You lose your own individual ability to discover things on your own. Take Facebook's algorithm, for example. Okay. There are a certain number of people that follow my company's page. When I post something, not all of those people see it. Now they've chosen to follow my page. They're interested in my content. Facebook does not show it to them. Because they decide whether or not you see something. You've lost the ability to choose whether or not to see my content. And that's scary. To well, some degree. There's a solution to this. Blow up the internet. Turn off your computers and go to the lo your local library. Your local, local what library now? is your local the, what new now? the new sponsor of Up for Debate. Your local library. <laughs> yes, because libraries are drowning in ad cash. Go to your <laughs> local library, get a library card, and then you can discover all the things you want, and it's your choice of what you can discover. The world is your book. Library. Yes. <laughs> your book, yes. All you have to do is turn the page. Um, wow. And speaking of turning the page, we are turning the page on 2019. We are ending it on a great note where we're only just – 10 days away wow. uh this new decade is probably going to bring like self-driving cars and uh probably the end of times but uh, you know yes the yeah, end we've times. had a great run we've had a great run it's uh the 90s were great well did you know matt next month we will be celebrating our five-year anniversary of doing this show wow can half you believe that half of our own half day. of the decade yeah and what a year it's been for us here on up for debate I, I would argue the best year we've ever had. Yes. We, we did our, our uh, scary movie retrospective. We did our James Bond series, which was a hoot. Um, we did nonstop August. It was nonstop. We did some book clubs. We did a couple movie drafts, which were a lot of fun. Uh, it was a great year. And I think we're going to have an even better year next it, year. It saw, it saw the birth and death of Game Nights. <laughs> really? I mean, that had been going on for like a year, but like. We've been doing that for like three years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we actually didn't. Did we ever do it in 2019? Uh, Probably the least amount. Let me see here if maybe I can like, track maybe down the, the exact date. We did it once. I think Tw maybe. 20. Would you believe. No, it can't have been 2015. No. That, that sounds preposterous. Well, because we started it on this show, so that would have had to have been in our, like, first year. Which, actually, maybe that's not crazy. I mean, uh, in total, we've probably only had nine episodes of it, so spread across four years. Yeah, that's Matt, not we've been doing totally it for, like, four or five years. Yeah. And we've done... It's not... You do know we've done, like, 80 episodes of that, right? Of, of Game, Game Nights? Nights? Yes. It, and it's like yeah, almost nice, like eighty eight. That's true. Because we did, we did, we actually com we completed three full campaigns. Yeah. So yeah, okay. it's crazy. Yeah, I remember th those were the days. Those were the days. Oh my God. But, well, I will say we're going to have a great January coming up. Uh, we will be, we won't be back until uh, the new year, but. A lot of great stuff we're going to be doing. Uh, I'm sure our Super Bowl prop bets is a great annual tradition. 
Hey, yeah. That we'll be bringing back. So look forward to that at the end of uh, January. And then outside of that, I don't know what we're going to do next year, Matt. We'll We'll have the the movie league will continue. We will have the movie league. We'll also have the 2020 election preview, which remember how good we were at the 2016 election preview. Matt, I'll make you a deal. We can do the election preview on November 3rd, the day before the election. I, I predicted that. Bobby Jindal would be the next president of the United States. Yeah, that was stupid even for then. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't even like, a, oh, you know, because of the, the whole Trump phenomenon, you, uh, you understandably got it wrong. The word Trump that was, was never a, said on that it episode. Was a, it was a No, no one said it. Not at all. That was pretty bad. I think, yeah. I think it was like Bobby Jindal and Chris Christie would be his running mate. Yeah. Yeah, I think. See, but I picked Hillary Clinton and she didn't win either. So that was a miss. Um, One of us came a lot closer than the other, though. So. Yes, I don't like to brag, but that's exactly what happened. (laughs) Uh, Matt, we got to end it here. Thanks for a great year Uh, to you and everybody out there uh, listening who's been joining us this whole time, telling your friends, spreading the good word about Up for Debate, please continue to do so. You can go to our website, upfordebate.tv, and get all the episodes past, present, and future. If you miss us over the next couple weeks, go listen to the archive if you didn't catch it all. There's a lot of great stuff from this past year. Uh, You can also subscribe to the show to get new episodes in 2020, wherever you get podcasts, or the video version is on YouTube. And, of course, you can get in touch with us at UpforDebateTV on Twitter and UpforDebateTV at gmail.com. That's going to wrap it up here for us and for this year. On behalf of Matt, I'm Sean. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you in 2020. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Matt Mariani and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.